Hey guys, Leah here with Broken Things Welcome Podcast. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me. Um, So I think we're going to continue on our grief myths um, sort of chapter here. Um, I really like this idea. I feel like this is something that um, is pretty pertinent to the grieving community and to people who are new to grief. And so I think we're going to stick with this for maybe a little bit longer um, and then we'll move on to something else. So grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and let's get started. So we'll do a couple myths. I'm not sure how many I'll get to, but um, the first one is something that is pretty common for um, for people who are new to grief or people who've never experienced grief. Um, grief is, um, you can only grieve something that you've had. You can't grieve something that you've never had. And this is just not fundamentally true based on a few things. So let's just think about it this way. Um, if you are married and you lose your husband, um, you are going to grieve the loss of your husband, but you're also going to grieve the loss of all the things that your husband and you never got to do. So for example, if, um, your husband and you never went to the Grand Canyon, but that's something that you've talked about, you may grieve those dreams, those aspirations, those thoughts, Um, you might grieve, um, some of that, some of those memories that were never created. Um, and, that is certainly indicative of, you know, normal grief, um, that definitely happens and you can certainly grieve things that you have not necessarily experienced. I think another way to look at this one is, um, if you were or have always wanted to be a parent and you found out that you, um, could not have children. So that would be, um, that would be very grievous. You would grieve the loss of not being able to be a parent. Um, and that isn't something that you've experienced yet. You've not experienced what it's like to be a parent, but you still grieve the loss of that role, knowing that you won't be able to have that role, um, unless it's through something different other than, um, a natural, natural way of, of childbirth. So things like that are, totally normal. They totally happen. Um, you absolutely can grieve something that you've never had. The next one we'll do is, um, something that is also pretty common and gets people into some trouble sometimes, um, is this idea that someone who's experienced a similar loss than you will definitely be supportive and definitely be a good support system for you. And this can be true and we hope that this is true, but oftentimes, um, this is not true. And I would say that yes, um, similar losses are important. Um, you know, it's nice to be able to identify with a person who's experienced a loss that's similar to yours, but grief is also very specific in the fact that it's an expression of love and it has um, everything to do with the relationship that you had with that person. So even if someone lost a sister, um, they might not have had the same relationship with their sister as you had or with their brother or with a friend or, um, you know, any other relationship that we look at. So this is something that I think a lot of people assume to be true. Um, but it's not always true. 
Another common myth that we find quite a lot is this idea of if you're not crying or um, emoting some way that you're not truly grieving. And this would go back if you've been here for a while, um, you remember me talking about um, the different types of grievers. So um, we've got intuitive and um, which is the griever that that would be um, the crier maybe and the more emotional one um, and but we have this whole other subsect of grievers that they're just not criers and there's nothing wrong with that um, maybe they're the ones that go out and build a deck or maybe they finish a home project or maybe they throw themselves into reading or writing or some other way where they feel like their emotions are better processed um, and that's not necessarily to say that they're not grieving um, it just looks different than yours might be so I think that this is definitely something especially among families when families experience a grief or a loss that this comes um, this comes up a lot because not everybody grieves the same and I think that when we think about grief uh, we think about emotions like sadness crying sleeplessness um, you know being restless being very emotional during that time and some people are just not geared that way and it's not that they're doing it wrong um, it's just that not everybody grieves in the same way this is another one of my favorite grief myths. It is that children do not grieve, um, which this is just, again, fundamentally untrue. Um, children are incredibly resilient, so their grief definitely looks different, but kids definitely grieve in their own way. Um, I uh, sometimes speak to parents about um, the way in which they grieve around their children. Uh, a lot of people definitely, um, and maybe this is you as well, if you've ever experienced a grief and you've had young children, I think there's this pull as a parent to want to protect your children from that. But you know, the kids are smart and um, kids uh, definitely understand when something is not right. And even if they don't understand the complete context of what isn't right, um, they definitely pick up on these little changes and the emotions that their parents have going on. And so I think that the idea that kids don't grieve is just not true. Um, in addition to the fact that um, you need to protect or hide your grief from your children, I would also suggest isn't necessarily true and sometimes can be a little bit harmful. Um, a lot of people don't know how to grieve in front of their kids and that's totally fine. Um, but the idea that you need to somehow not do that in front of your children, I would say is is probably not the case. Um, and sometimes it's just more about getting information about how to do that um, and how to do that in a healthy way um, so that your kid can feel included in that process and can feel like they um, are validated in their own feelings of sadness and grief, um, especially if they are experiencing that. You know, most kids, if they're young, they're not able to say things like, I'm really sad or I'm grieving. Um, a lot of times they'll say that their tummy hurts. Um, you know, anxiety is processed different for their little bodies and their little minds. And so it's pretty fascinating how, um, how much they pick up on, how much they uh, process through. And I think sometimes that the best thing that we can do is just give our kids a job. If we're feeling really sad, um, we can explain to our kids why and then give them a job. When you see mommy or daddy crying about XYZ, you can come and give us a hug and tell us that you love us. Um, 
And trust me when I say that kids rise to the occasion when they have a job. Um, so yeah, just some tidbits. Maybe I'll do a whole nother podcast on how to grieve with your kids. Um, cause that seemed to be something that I, um, come into contact with a lot and get a lot of questions about. Another age-old favorite that I know we all love is this idea that if someone is old or has lived a long life or has had some sort of terminal diagnosis where we've had a lot of time to get used to the idea that this person is going to leave us, that our grief somehow is less or not as important or not as severe. Um, And this is just, again, not the case. Um, We are never ready for people to pass away. So whether they have lived to be a hundred or whether, um, they, you know, had a long and fulfilling life and got to do a whole bunch of stuff. And we've essentially lived our life with them. We're still never truly ready to say goodbye. Um, I can speak to this personally with my grandma, um, you know, being in her well into her nineties, I was still not okay with her leaving us. And, um, that was really hard. I still miss her every single day. Um, you know, it, it is one of those things where you're never ready. You can try to prepare, um, but nothing really prepares you for death. And so I think that that idea, um, is, is something that kind of just needs to stop and go away. Um, that, that, you know, if we're, um, if we have a relationship with someone who is going to die and we have a lot of time to process that, or if that person has lived a long time, um, we're just, you know, we're ready to say goodbye. And I just would suggest that that's a hundred percent not the case, but, um, yeah, that's me. So thanks again for joining me for this next installment of Grief Myths, Um, and I'm hoping that you're really liking these. Um, I'm actually really enjoying doing them, Um, and yeah, all good things coming. I'm super excited about some of the stuff that's um, coming down the pike for the podcast, and I'm super excited to tell you a little bit more about my book um, as that process is coming to a close as well, and I just am super excited for all of you who listen and support me and thanks so much. I will see you next time.